A rich tradition. College football podcast is now live. And welcome back to a rich tradition. Two friends, one love, and that is college football. I'm your host, or one of your hosts, Robbie Steltonpole, and uh, I don't know if y'all remember the last episode, but uh, I've had a child uh, in the last week, um, and so me and Spencer's schedules are just a little off, and so um, I'm going to record a solo episode, which I, I don't do very often, um, but uh, yeah, I'm going to do this, and we're going to kind of preview the games for this week, and give you. I'm going to give you my picks, and then we're going to call it a day. It, it will probably... I'm not going to say whether it's going to be sh- whether it's going to be short or not because every time I think an episode is going to be short, <clears throat> it ends up not being short. So, um, anyway, I, I want to jump in really quick with some news, um, and and, and th- this news is kind of one of those situations where I don't really have a strong take or feeling on it um, because because we don't really know what it means. Uh, but anyway, Jim Harbaugh um, is being investigated. Michigan's being investigated again. Uh, for something, and this time it's going to be for stealing signals, um, play calls, and apparently they were sending they were sending a guy to go to other games of teams that they would play or even playoff opponents, and they would try to steal signs, uh, steal future signs for for these teams. Um. Apparently, the reason why this could end up being a big deal is because this is his second. This is Jim Harbaugh's second, like tier one offense, um, which is detrimental to the program. So there's a possibility of bowl bans or um, scholarship losses. Like this actually could probably maybe affect them. I I don't think that they're going to do because also I think it's the stupidest thing ever to do a um. Uh, stupid win vacancy. Win vacancies are the dumbest thing on earth. I have very strong feelings on that. I think it's the most idiotic thing ever. You can't you can't go back and erase a game from happening. You can't go back and erase yards that a player accumulated, um, you know, in a game. But anyway, that's that's beside the point. Um, I may be a little bitter towards the NCAA for taking a hundred plus wins away from uh, Jim Beheim. But uh, <coughs> excuse me. Anyway, so th- this. I mean, we're just going to wait and see what happens here, but there does seem to be the possibility that this could be another like hit to Michigan, but maybe not so much as a slap on the face or slap on the wrist, more of like a, you know, whenever you're a kid, you, uh, you know, sometimes like get popped on the hand, right. For, for touching stuff, you know, that's a normal, um, uh, figure of speech that we use. This one could be getting a belt. <laughs> this one, this 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 could get be a parent getting a belt and, and or a switch and, and tearing your butt up. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Spencer and I'll keep uh, keep up to date on that and let you guys know kind of as these things unfold. Um, also, um, huge shout out to my boy Mike Woods, who uh, let me let me in on his. Uh, his his info on YouTube TV because he had uh, recorded the Oregon Washington game, so I'm, I'm I got to rewatch that, or I'm getting to rewatch that. So that's a wonderful, beautiful thing. And oh my gosh, that was a beautiful pass by Michael Penix. Anyway, <clears throat> um, so guys, this week, um, this week we have a, a smaller collection of games, but I think the, a collection of games that could are really kind of important. 
um, nonetheless. And um, so we're going to kind of just jump through these uh, again. I'm gonna, I'm not I'm going to try my best to not be too long winded on this because it is just me. But I do think there's games that we can talk about here. And um, look, I just say this: this first game is not going to sound very pleasant to many people, but it is going to be something that Spencer and I would would divulge and dive into and enjoy talking about, and that is Toledo at Miami of Ohio. And and here's kind of why that game's a big deal. Um, they're both six and one, and and we have to keep in mind that these group of five games, these group of five teams, actually do matter, especially this year, because you know obviously the the you know the the main the highest ranked group of five team goes to you know goes to a, a New York Six Bowl, but also with next year coming in. There seeming to be more. There, there seem to be a group of five availability into the twelve-team playoff. You got to kind of start paying attention to these group of five teams. And I, Spencer and I have always been the ones like group of five has some great games. You should watch them. <clears throat> you know, and but we're also nerds and and we we just love that stuff. But it is important to probably know at least some of these teams for the future. You know, um, like example, like Toledo, you know, being, uh, being six and one, um, you know, Spencer here is taking Toledo. I'm also taking Toledo. Um, I mean, one of the biggest things that Miami of Ohio struggles with is the pass. And guess what? Toledo loves to throw the ball. So, uh, it's going to be an easy breakdown, but I really do think Toledo, this Toledo Ohio game could be a very close one because Miami, Ohio loves to throw the ball too. Um, it could be kind of a shootout. You know, um, but we'll see what happens. Um, also, um, just another, just a quick, quick aside. I had a chance a couple of nights ago to watch Liberty play, and they are seven and zero. They, 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 they. I think they end up winning by double digits in this game. They kind of like boat race everybody they play. Um, just, just someone to pay attention to for you know for the future. Next, <clears throat> Washington State at Oregon. Now, th- this game is probably not going to be close. The the point spread is 20 points. It's the 330 game on ABC. I'm glad that Oregon's getting to be on um, national television, though, two weeks in a row with their games. Uh, the The thing here is, is there a letdown spot again? For, oh, it's not a letdown. Last week was incredible. Is, there, is this a letdown opportunity for Oregon, and is this a get-off-the-mat opportunity for Washington State? Washington State is one and two in the Pac-12. Oregon obviously is one and or is two and one. If Washington State, who we know can th- can throw the ball, if they can get off the mat from their what, what I would call a lookhead spot last week, there's no way you can call that a lookhead spot. They lost by thirty. They just got they just got worked. <sighs> Cam Ward could possibly have a really good game. It, it, this game is probably more about Oregon than it is Washington State. Because if Washington State doesn't show up, you know, except for Cam Ward, be able to throw the ball around, and but if but if Oregon doesn't take care of business and doesn't continue to own the line of scrimmage like they've been doing a really good job of this year, you know, Cam Ward may have time to throw some on them. <clears throat> um, I think Washington State will cover, but I I, I am picking Oregon here. I, I just think it is interesting that Oregon is in a spot right now. Where I don't think many people felt they would be, um, 
you know, so many people coming in the year. It was all it was all Washington and USC, and, and Oregon was going to be a competitor, but Oregon, you know, you, you kind of didn't know where Oregon was going to be, and you come to find out, Oregon is actually it's it's Oregon and Washington, and now if we want to get a rematch, which I know I want to see a rematch, and I know everyone on Oregon's team wants a rematch, they can't lose this game. You cannot lose this game. You cannot allow yourself to fall victim to another letdown spot after a week where you lost on the road, but now you're at home. Like it's beautiful. It's a beautiful you're in Otson Stadium, which by the way, I I know I sometimes will mention this. Man, I'm looking on here. Tickets are only thirty five dollars to go to one of these to go to that game. Thirty five dollars. That's that's absurd. I, there's no way, like even in the last 10 years, that I could go to a Georgia game for 35 bucks. <clears throat> anyway, so I'm taking Oregon. Spencer obviously is taking Oregon as well. Um, guys, and and then we have the big game. Actually, we'll do the bi- we'll do the big big game last. All right, Tennessee, Tennessee at Alabama. All right. Here, here's kind of where we, where we need to look at this. Tennessee and and Alabama. This is a three thirty spot on um, on CBS. And I, I, as much as I hate Gary Danielson, um, CBS has the best camera work of of any of the networks that show football games. Like it's not even close. That they their their camera work is is perfection. It's so freaking good. Okay, so if we're looking at when we look at these two teams, we've got Alabama six and one, four and zero in conference. Tennessee five and one, two and one in conference. Well, you know Tennessee's got a loss on the road at Florida, but they just come back from beating A and M at home, and now they're on the road at Tuscaloosa. And Tus- you know, and Alabama's coming off of you know a really good season so far, except for one loss, you know, at home to Texas. It took a very special type of play from the defensive line and the quarterback play for Texas to beat Alabama. Tennessee is a very run-first heavy team. We, we've talked about that. Um, they are averaging 230 yards rushing per game and only averaging 212 yards per uh, 212 yards passing per game. Jeez Louise, this looks like a pre... This looks heavily like a pre-2021... Georgia team because those are their offensive stats and then defensively they're only allo- they're they're allowing only 197 yards passing a game and only allowing 105 yards rushing per game this is a very like people like if case you don't know uh, though you know you haven't really watched a lot of Tennessee ball this year Tennessee has a very stout defense and they love to run the ball they're, I think they're top 10 in the country in rushing, um, rushing yards per game. As I said here, <clears throat> they're 200, over 230 yards rushing per game. They love, love, love to run the ball. But they, also the cool, like the interesting thing is they, they still play with that pace that they played with before. And they will, they'll just sit back and lull you to sleep with, you know, with, with this running game. And then at times, Joe Milton will try to take a shot downfield. And he's he's not great at it. Um, he's not a great passer. He's not a great quarterback. Um, but they they love to run the ball, and, and they do they do a really really good job of it. Um, 
And then you on the other side, you got you got Alabama, who we kind of know their story. We coming in this year, their offensive line was supposed to be the big focal point, and they haven't been that great. They've been able to be kind of beaten at times by more faster and athletic defensive linemen. They definitely have given up that they're. I know they're in the hundreds in sacks given up and tackles for loss given up this year. And they they also want to run the ball, but they don't. They're not great at it. They're only averaging 148 yards rushing per game. Um, they pass for 219 per game. Um, Jalen Milrow does not really like he he. It's pop. It's it's pop Warner football. It is. Hey, we're gonna take a deep shot every now and then. We're gonna we're gonna let you scramble out and then you run for ten or twelve yards to get first downs. Um, he doesn't like designed run plays, which is you know completely interesting. Um, whenever I when I found that out this past week, um, listening to a beat writer for Alabama point out that he does not like <laughs> he does not like uh, designed run plays. Which hey, great, can't wait for you to tell NFL scouts that. Oh hey, by the way, I know I can run really well. I don't like design runs. <clears throat> Just interesting. However. And I started talking about this last last episode. People need to realize how dominant Alabama's defense is. Alabama's defense is only allowing 187 yards per passing per game, and they're only giving up 105 like Tennessee yards per rushing per game. And and I would say that between the two, they have they have played more stout offenses to get to those averages. The, the the thing here with Tennessee it, like kind of blows my mind, and, and then we have Jalen Milrow, which which we've already, we've talked about at nauseum. But the thing with Tennessee, and and this is where like I'm not, I don't want to sound <clears throat> like I'm waving them off because I'm not, but I but I am a little perplexed by this by this Tennessee team, and and here's why they they lose on the road at Florida, um. By, thir- by by 13 points they don't have a good game they handle UTSA they they play South Carolina and get ahead late in the fourth quarter and then last week they have a really close game against Texas A&M who has who we have now learned we've come to realize that Max Johnson just isn't very good he's okay he's just not very good and so I don't really know what to believe about this Tennessee team. Here, here's what I think I know. Come coming into this, here's what again. Here's what I think I know. I think I know that their defensive line is legit. They probably have. I know they have a top three defensive line in the SEC. They have a better defensive line than Georgia. They have a better front seven than Georgia right now. They have a better pass rush than than most teams in the SEC, not named Alabama. They get a lot of sacks. They get a lot of pressures. They get after the quarterback really, really well. Um, their offensive line, while beat up and and you know kind of hobbling, is still put together very well right now and doing a good job of keeping it together and opening up lanes for for their stud running backs. And you know we we talked about this before. Joe Milton is not the threat of a runner that Hidden Hooker was, and that's still true. But at the same time, like. I do think Joe Milton is starting to become more comfortable with running the ball, which is what they needed all along. Alabama, on the other hand, I, I still <clears throat> here's what I know about them: they have an elite defense, top to bottom. 
They have, and and again, I think the reason why I'm able to call Alabama's whole defense elite is because of the teams that they've played. Tennessee, I'm I'm, I'm willing to call their front their their uh, defensive line elite. I don't know about the rest of the team yet because of the talent they've played against. So we're sitting here on on Friday. The game is tomorrow, and. I really like. I think I'm second guessing myself because I I feel so comfortable picking Alabama. I just don't. I just. I I think the revenge factor from last year. I think the 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 um, gelling and the understanding that Alabama is getting of un, of of grasping who they are. I still do not think they have elite wide receivers. I still think that this team is not elite, which but no team is elite right now, as Spencer and I talked about a couple weeks ago. You know, them having a 24-21 scare against Arkansas last week, I think that's more of a look-ahead spot and KJ Jefferson excuse me, KJ Jefferson playing out of his mind. I don't think I don't think Tennessee wins this game though. The number's nine and a half and I kind of think it should be bigger. I think the number is too low. And I think Alabama's gonna win this game. I think it's going to put Tennessee in a tough spot. Um, it's going to put. I think it's going to make them two and two in the SEC um, as they head into a very tough stretch of their schedule. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, they they've got Alabama this week. They've got at Kentucky the next week, and then two weeks later they go at Missouri. Three straight road SEC matches is is not going to be great for the Volunteers. Um, and then. Alabama, like Alabama's defense is legit. Like I said, I think they're elite. I think I think Jalen Milrow is starting to get more comfortable. I I do agree though that there is a world in which Tennessee could win this game, and that is by strip sacks or getting pressures and getting interceptions and maybe getting a pick six here or there. Um, maybe a big special teams play. Th- this game is not out of the reach of Tennessee's hands. This is not anything like that at all. I just, at, at Alabama, and again, the revenge factor for last year. There's no way, knowing knowing my head coach at Georgia with Kirby and the stuff that I know he pulls at times to motivate these team, the, his teams, getting that probably straight from the master himself of Nick Saban. There's no way that there's not a picture, a video, or something that hasn't been played at some point this season of them carrying that goalpost from the stadium down to the river. I just I, I, I just think there's a world in which this team comes out. And this is I, I could see this being the the Georgia Kentucky game two weeks ago where Pete you know Georgia just got tired of being doubted and just put it on Kentucky. I could kind of see that happening here with Alabama and Tennessee. So um I'm taking I'm taking Bama. Uh Spencer is taking Bama as well. He he and his rationale here is because because I still can't buy into Joe Milton as a passer, and we talked about that. Um, all right, the last big game before we get into these uh, you know, these four side games. Um, Penn State at Ohio State, big noon Saturday, which I love the big noon Saturday games. I I love them. I love I love having a big game to look forward to at the noontime slot noon time slot as well as you know having the rest of the game or rest of the day to watch other games all right look this is not some 
easy picky. This isn't easy pickums of just saying, oh, it's you know, it's Franklin. He's one and nine against Ohio State. Um, there's no way he wins. I, I just don't. I don't. It, it goes back to like you know. I'm sorry to can continue to mention Georgia in a, a week where they don't even play, but like so many people used to say, like you know, Kirby can never win the big game. Kirby, you know, will you know Kirby can't win the big game. Kirby can't win a national title. No, it just hasn't happened yet. And Penn State has probably had has their best team since since 2016, which is a year where they went 11 and one. They they beat Ohio State. The only t- the only team they lost to that year was Michigan. And oh man, they got thumped that year too. But we're walking into this game, and just to give y'all some statistical breakdowns here, um, Penn State is averaging 223 yards in the air and 203 yards on the ground. They're very balanced. Defensively, they are only giving up 121 yards passing per game. Hear me. 121 yards passing per game. And then rushing only 72 yards rushing per game. So, you know, some will say, well, look who they've played, Robbie. Yeah, I, I, I know who they've played. It's not been great, but that doesn't mean that you, just because you're playing a crappy team, you let them get yards just to make them feel good. No, you crush them, and that's kind of what that's kind of what Penn State's done in ways. Maybe not on the scoreboard, but when it comes to the statistics at the end of games, that's what they've done. This is a very, very, very well coached team this year. It might be the best coached Penn State team since you know Franklin's been there. I think that. When you have when you have the talent that you have and you have the coaching staff now that you have, you 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 can do really great things. And then you have Ohio State, averaging three hundred and eight yards passing, one thirty five rushing, and then defensively they're only giving up one hundred and fifty yards rushing or passing, and then one hundred nine yards rushing. Like I've I've said this most of the season. I thought their defense is legit, and their defense has shown themselves to be very consistent. They they've only they've only given up 17 points one one time this year. The rest of the time it's all been under. Penn State has has two shutouts and they haven't given up more than 13 points. Um, you know we we know we know kind of how Ohio State has rolled lately. They've they slaughtered Purdue last week, but the week before that they had kind of the close three first the first three quarters against Maryland and then they had the barn burner against not barn burner the very tight game against Notre Dame this Ohio State team is very tested that's 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 what I keep coming back to thinking about this game is that this this Ohio State team is very tested and I I just don't agree with um I don't agree with a lot of people who say like the winner the loser of this game isn't out of it just something tells me it is. Like, because I, I think the winner of this goes on to beat Michigan too. Because you want to talk about someone who I think is a little fake ID? That's 100% the Michigan Wolverines. So I think whoever wins this game, wins wins this game is, is go ahead. I, I think you can, it's almost, in, unless they stumble, like I can't say guarantee. I'm pretty much saying that they're probably making the playoff. If if they whoever wins this game tonight, I think this is the game who determines who wins the Big Twelve or the Big Ten. Um, because again, I just I just don't trust Michigan. Uh, I don't I, I just don't this year. Uh, so when we look at this game though, Penn State has a problem. Penn State's big problem is that they cannot they can't seem to throw the ball deep. 
They can't seem to get the ball downfield 20 yards or more. They are they do not rank very high at all in deep play in uh, in oh gosh words and long passes completed. I've, as y'all remember, new baby, not a lot of sleep. So, um, they they can't throw the ball deep, and I think you need to be able to throw the ball around the field to to get Ohio State off kilter, to get them off balance, to be able to you know not l- allow them to bring four or five guys, or I'm sorry, bring five or six guys. They they need to be back. You need to have them back in coverage to open up lanes so you can run the ball. And the other way that you do that, I think, is if you if Drew Aller is able to disperse the ball, like distribute the ball evenly, you know, throughout the field, not just these intermediate dunks and 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 uh, crossing routes on the field. Um, and then Ohio State has a problem. Ohio State can't freaking run the ball. Like Ohio State has a huge running back problem, and I know they have injuries, but that's part of the problem. And also, their offensive line is kind of doo doo. Their offensive line is not good. Notre Dame, Notre Dame should have beat Ohio State. I stand by that. Ohio State, I mean Michigan, or bleh, words. Notre Dame had Ohio State dead to rights in that situation, and they haven't been able to take advantage. They and they weren't able to take advantage of situations. And I don't know why still, but it's fine. It's it's not a, it's not it's not a big deal. It's over with. Um, but Ohio State's offensive line is still a problem for me. But when it comes to pass rush, I mean, when it comes to pass blocking, they do a really good job. They just can't run the ball. And um, you look at Cal McCord, who has been tested, you know, already in a couple of games this year. Um, Drew Aller, I, I just... Him him and his lack of being tested to a high degree is the problem for me. Now, I'm, I'm taking Penn State to win this game. I think it's time. I think I think James Franklin is is was for one tired of being told that he can't win, beat either of the two big boys in the conference. I picked Penn State to win the Big Ten this year. I'm not backing down from that. Nothing has shown me otherwise that I shouldn't pick them. I mean, I I think they could lose this game. Obviously, I think Ohio State could win this game. I just I just said whoever wins this game, I think is win the Big Ten. But I. I'm going to take Penn State to go on the road and and have an upset, man, and and do something that no one expects them to do, and that's win on the road and beat one of the big boys of the conference. So, um, I'm taking I'm taking uh Ohio, or I'm sorry I'm, I'm taking Penn State, and uh, oh okay Spencer is also taking Penn State. I'm sure that he kind of leans on some of the stuff that I said as well because Penn State's front seven. Is gross, and if y'all haven't had a chance to watch Penn State, man, whew, I hope y'all get a chance to watch them this weekend. Um, uh, so, um, just to continue, so we can get these last four games out of the way and then get out of here. <clears throat> um, Duke and FSU. All right, look, here's here's the simple thing. Okay, is Riley Leonard playing? Just that simple question is Riley Leonard playing. I do not think that dictates whether who's going to win or not. Like I, I don't think this. I don't think this Duke team is one player away from winning. I I think that they need a lot to go right. It's a night game at FSU. FSU is hosting a ranked opponent. Is going to be nuts. And also, FSU is about to get a big commit today from LJ McRae. Um and they're going to get. 
get LJ McCray from Georgia, which kind of sucks. But um, Duke is not Duke is one player. We said that he's a really good player, but he's one player, and I don't even think he's gonna play. So I don't even think this needs to be really like broken down too much. FSU is a top is a top four team. They're a contender for the national title, and they should take care of business at home. They're fourteen and a half point favorite. Um, I could easily see this game, I, and I think it's fourteen and a half because Vegas thinks Riley Leonard is playing. Because um, I think it would be way more outside of that. Because you know, I will say this though: Duke, Duke Duke does have opportunity to upset FSU with their stout defense, forcing Jordan Travis into mistakes. But I really that's the only way because. Again, offensively, Duke just isn't awesome. Okay, Clemson at Miami. I have no reason. Like, I have no logical reason on earth to pick Miami to win. And that's 100% why I'm picking them to win. I'm picking Miami to win this game. It's Jeremy Shockey Appreciation Night over there at at Coral Gables. I think this is going to be a, I think it's going to be a big game. And also, Miami can't like Miami. They they whooped that A and M team, who is at the time fully healthy. It's an eight o'clock game. By the way, this game is also on ACC Network. That's how much disrespect the country has for this game, which is crazy to me. But Clemson, a very battle tested team. Miami, who has the big win over A and M, which you know I guess doesn't really matter at this point. They're 0-2 in the conference. They lost a bogus game that they shouldn't have lost to Georgia Tech, and then they lost last week in a game that they should have lost to North Carolina. I think they can take them. They're only, Clemson's only a three-point favorite <clears throat> on the road. I'm going to take the home dog in Miami to win this game. Next, Oklahoma State at West Virginia. And the reason why I'm saying it kind of quietly, folks, is because I don't think we realize how big of a game this actually is. Both these teams are only two and one in conference. <clears throat> two and one. Oklahoma State has not played Oklahoma yet, nor have they played Texas yet. West Virginia, I don't think, has played them either. And actually, oh yeah, they play at, <clears throat> West Virginia plays at Oklahoma later this later this season. But Oklahoma State has Bedlam to end the year, and they don't wait. Actually, yeah. They have Bedlam in three weeks, and they don't play Texas. There is a world where one of these two teams, whoever wins this game, could go on and continue to be a com- competitor for the Big 12 Conference because, as we've said numerous times, this conference is doo-doo. But that doesn't mean there can't be upsets happening to the two, the two teams in the top of the league. So give me West Virginia to win this game. I, I think Neil Brown saved his job. This season, and I hope he continues to do so. Next, last game of the night is Utah at USC. I mean, if y'all if y'all have been paying attention to the season, if you've been pay, paying attention to Utah at all, you you guys know that this game comes down to kind of one player who everyone's been waiting to come back to play, and I just don't I don't know if it matters. I really just don't. I don't know if it... If I don't... <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> I don't know if Cam Rising is playing. Cam Rising is the problem. Um, let's let's look at his injury update real quick while I'm... I'm sure y'all love this. Latest on Utes. Let's... Uh, 
He told, okay. We don't know. Okay. Let's, uh, Sporkedia? I don't know what this crap this is. Um, just so we're week after week for the thumbs up, we're at the midpoint. Okay. I don't think he's playing. Okay. Um, okay. Yep. I, I don't, yeah, I don't think he's playing. <sighs> man, if you, if, man, if this, if, ah, uh, it's only, actually, it's only seven points. They have to think Cam Rising's playing. Uh, USC just got bludgeoned to death by Notre Dame last week. And now they're going to turn around and play another team who loves to play physical, hard-nosed football. Get, give me Utah. Give me Utah. I, I, Utah USC's defense sucks. They're horrible. And Utah... Well, I know we'll play hard defense. Um, you still you still got to solve the Caleb Williams problem, but I think Notre Dame kind of gave that equation. You just blitz the freaking crap out of him. Just blitz him. You we're gonna blitz all night. We're not gonna let the gate let him gain a single yard. To quote, to to, to quote there for you. Um, some remember the Titans, Spencer. I hope you appreciate that. But yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Utah to win this game. Um. <sighs> I really hope Cam Rising plays. But I will say this. If Cam Rising doesn't play in this game, I really do hope that we get an announcement very soon that Cam Rising will be redshirting. Because that kid, is a, he is a special college quarterback. He probably will not make it in the NFL. And that's okay. But he can make it in college. And that's really awesome to watch. Okay. I think that's everything. I'm going to try to make this quick so you guys could listen and, and hear our hear my little quick breakdowns of this. I hope I did a good job. I hope you didn't hate this too much. Um, we're going to try not to make this a trend where I'm by myself um, because I'm not used to doing this by myself. I like having the engagement and uh, conversation and sometimes debate. But, uh, guys, I hope you all have an awesome weekend. Um, you all just continue to pray for, uh, for me and my family as we're trying to get through this uh, sleepless nights with a little one. Um, but guys, y'all enjoy the games this weekend. They're going to be freaking dope. Okay? Um, and uh, as Spencer likes to say, just remember, two friends, one love, and that is college football. Y'all have a good day.